Hello bathers, and welcome to Dispatches from the Communal Bathroom. I'm Chris Delamere. I'm Sam Bradley. And each episode of this podcast, we bring in audio dispatches. I don't know what Sam's brought, and he doesn't know what I've brought, and we share them with each other. It's a podcast about ideas. These ideas can be anything. A song, an interview, a borderline unlistenable sound art piece. So... Hi, Chris. Hi, Sam. It's been a while. It's been 10 months, Chris. What yeah. have you been up to? Made an album. Oh, yes. Congratulations. Uh, Super Review, which is me and Mario D'Agostino. And we released an album called From the Bed to the Seti and Back Again. It's very good. Uh, thank you very much, Sam. It's got a couple of songs from our back catalogue. Yes, there's a couple that were kind of made in demo form for this podcast. And... Um, it's out, and it's it's kind of weird. I think I trailed it on an episode oh, yeah. ages ago, saying it'll be out soon, and then it was still like another like nine months or so. Yeah, but it's out now, and you can go and find it anywhere on Spotify, on Bandcamp, or wherever you listen to your music. How about you, Sam? What did you do? Well, Chris, I got married. Uh, well, <laughs> that beats mine. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> They are pretty high-level commitments. Yeah. <laughs> Having a band. It's like a marriage. It's like you it got is. married to Mario. My life is in the palm of his hand. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, unfortunately, we sold the boat. <laughs> Jesus, I thought that was so... <laughs> Got married. Unfortunately, we did get divorced. <laughs> no. Still happily married. Oh, yeah. So, so this, far. Is, this is the first Sam-hosted podcast recording on, on dry, dry land. land. Yeah. So we're in a, a temporary Stapleton Studios... Which, fingers crossed, will be for one podcast only. In Bristol. So Chris has come down. He played a very raucous gig at the Oxford in Totterdown last night. Yeah. We weren't the raucous ones. The <laughs> crowd were... It was good. It was it really was good. It was fine. So we're in, we're in a flat. This is, a, like we say, the first Sam-hosted podcast on dry land. So it's a new era. Yeah, And definitely. this is, we're going to say, episode one of <laughs> series slash season four. Yeah, this is the start of season four. This is this is us once again trying to knuckle down. <laughs> yeah. And come get, on, come on. We, can, right do it, this we time. can do it this time. <laughs> <laughs> In season three, we sort of focused on uh, different themes for each episode. So we did time, we did football, we did eggs and jazz, but we felt too pigeonholed over yeah. time. And we've decided to set ourselves free out of the... Pigeonhole, yeah. I guess, and into the sky. I think we were both really proud of some of those episodes. I think. Oh yeah, it did pose some problems creatively. Yeah, well, we had all these extra ideas that didn't, you couldn't quite fit it into the yeah. into the box that we were forcing ourselves. So into. we've decided to kind of go backwards and go forwards at the same time. So we're going back to. The... <laughs> so we're standing still. <laughs> <laughs> we're going back to the anything goes kind of approach that we had at the very beginning. Uh, where anything could happen and yeah. there was no theme themes or anything. No. But at the same time, we're trying to. We don't want to kind of regress back to that. So we want to approach it more like like an audio sketchbook. It's like any ideas come in and we just throw them out there. Yeah. Boy, do we have a lot to share with you today? Yeah. Well, we've got ten months worth of ideas. Well, that have yeah. Been, uh brewing up in your brains yeah exactly i think over the course of the next few months i'll exercise my creative demons yes. that have been brewing over the past yes. while i think rather than chatting about the thing just get on with the thing yeah come to the bathroom yeah 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 so this first dispatch is yours sam yes it is chris welcome to my flat 
Thank you. So I live here with my wife. My wife. Whoa, (laughs) new era, dry land and wife. Because I'm so used to the my darling girlfriend. Well, she's my wife now. Can you say my darling wife? My darling wife, yeah, sure. I think that will help me in the transitional period. (laughs) I live here with my wife. My wife. And um, our lovely dog, Maple. Yeah. Chris is uh, not... Best friends with the dog. The best friend of my dog, which has confused her greatly while you've been here. Because everybody loves her. Everybody loves the pet Maple. Everybody except Chris. I refuse to show (laughs) that animal any affection. Not just that animal, but just any animal. I know, I know. We're not taking it personally. But she comes over and she's like, oh, I want some pets. And and you're just like, no. And then she's like, so I need to come on even stronger. (laughs) I'm not playing hard to get me. (laughs) She she doesn't understand it at all. Anyway, we had a talk about the last time you were here. Me and Maple. You Um, and Maple had a talk. Yeah, yeah, we had a talk about it. (laughs) We had a chat. Yeah. And I said, Maple, you need to to write a letter to Chris. So um, I had to write and record a letter to you about her behavior last time you were here okay so this is a letter from maple hi chris maple here uh, i'm the dog that lives with uh Samusai. uh welcome to my house i hope you find a nice spot to um, s- snuggle down into now sam told me that i've apologized to you uh last time you came here i i was just a, a real puppy a real puppy, not even a one year old. And I, I really, really love to chew. Uh, two things, I love two things. I love bones and sticks. And, and, I mean, I still do. I, I destroy a cardboard box or something like that. <laughs> Back when I was a puppy, uh, when you were here last, uh, I'd chew everything. <laughs> everything. Uh, shoes, uh, cables. Love, love a cable. Well, you were here, Chris, and uh, I'd destroy your elbow. And it worked like the most delicious meaty bone. And I just wanted to chew on it. Chew on your elbow. I, I, I had a little chew on it and I heard you yelp. So uh, you made a little squeaky noise. And uh, I realised maybe it was not something I was supposed to chew on. So uh, I, I'm sorry about that. I'm a, I'm a much more grown up uh, puppy and mature puppy now. I know that people... Don't like to be chewed on. No, I just lick them. I mean, I mean, people just, they taste delicious. So, um, <laughs> um, I'm also sorry I stared at you all night while you were sleeping. Well, because, you see, usually I sleep wherever I like, and you are in one of my favourite sleeping spots, and the spot... I was on, wasn't as good as the spot you were in. And I thought, well, he's probably going to get up and move in the night. And the dog bed is free and it's really cosy in there. I think you would have liked it. So I was just waiting for you to move and then I could sleep in the spot where you were sleeping. But then Sam said it really creeped you out. And I'm sorry. I, I, um, the, the dog basket is very cosy, so... You should have just slept in there, but uh, I'm sorry for staring at you all night while you were sleeping. Right, but anyway, I'm much more of a grown-up doggy now, and uh, I'm sorry for my bad puppy behaviour. 
and I hope you get plenty of uh, treats and plenty of pets uh, while you are here. Welcome, uh, Chris. Uh, this is Maple. Well, thanks, Maple. I do, I do appreciate that. How how much was your hand guiding the um, the poor? You know, you've got to tell them what they've done wrong and make sure they understand That's why good. they've been, you know, naughty, so then they can learn from their behaviour and move on. She did nip me on the elbow <laughs> and stare at me all night, which gave me like a borderline panic attack. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty weird. Oh, on the boat as well. So, as you can imagine, a, a boat—it's uh, not very much space. A narrow boat is one room, <laughs> one <laughs> yeah. elongated room. So there's no hiding from a dog. But now you can sleep in a separate room. Yeah, and also she was going through a phase of nipping a little bit, and we we had to teach her to not do that. It wasn't like a bite. But it's just because she was a puppy and didn't really know. And we had to teach her to not, mm. basically not bite people. Um, <laughs> but it, she doesn't do it now. Now she, what she does is like, hits you with her nose and then licks you. Which is affectionate, I guess. Yeah. She had an interesting accent for uh, a dog that's from Romania. Well, you know, dog accents are different to people accents. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So, we are called Dispatches from the Communal Bathroom, so it only seems right that we um, we do touch on uh, bathroom and bathroomy things every once in a while. I thought because we've been away for such a long time, it'd be good to have like an update on what's been going on in the, in the world of bathrooms. Oh, right. So, uh, for you now, Sam, I'm going to read out a bathroom product innovation and progress report for 2018. <laughs> Great. So there's, there's, there was a ton of new bathroom products last year. Okay. Some of them did better than others. They all ultimately failed. <laughs> right. Uh, and I'd just like to to tell you about a few of them. So this is the Bathroom Product Innovation and Progress Report for 2018. In February last year, Bathflix was launched. Bathflix's founders saw a market space full of both subscription delivery services and media streaming platforms, and decided the two business models should meet in the bath. Bathflix promised to meet televisual viewing experiences with bath bombs. You simply select a program to watch, and Bathflix matches you with an appropriate bathroom experience, and delivers everything you need to your door. Bathflix dreamt of a world where one could languish in a bathroom meth lab, made of soothing bath salts while watching Breaking Bad, or one where you could watch Mad Men in a bespoke waterproof suit whilst crying in bathwater the colour of an old-fashioned. The company was struggling by the summer and ceased trading in September, not because several people died due to the mix of electricity and water, though in fact several did, but because of the poor matching of TV shows to bath bombs and not least because of an incident in which the launch package Bathflix Kids accidentally matched in the night garden with the Walking Dead bath set, which all led The Guardian to famously describe the service as run by someone who clearly has never seen a TV show or had a bath. So that was Bathflix. That failed. That died on its arse. Established with the idea that taking an existing working product and doubling it makes a double good, the W Bend both began and ceased trading within the month of May. A product that showed a little more practical promise was the randomised programmed shower, or RPS for short. 
Launched in April of last year, the RPS was a modulator that could be added to your existing shower fittings that turned the water temperature up and down at random intervals while you showered. The ability to have a shower that combined extremely hot and extremely cold temperatures with an added shock value meant this product was shamelessly marketed to appeal to hungover students. The RPS saw some success for a time, but it was soon found that the already shabby plumbing systems of student houses could not deal with the stress of wildly changing water temperature, and many broken boilers later, they too ceased trading in October. The nice-smelling towel company promised so much in August when they launched a towel range that they claimed was the end of putrid-smelling damp towels. This company was very quickly found to be hucksters, preying on an innate human desire, their product no less smelly than any other towel available on the market. Much ire was directed at the company, and this ire turned to fire when a rogue group of consumers, their hopes dashed, set the Grimsby offices of the nice-smelling towel company ablaze. They ceased trading in November. So that's some of the things that's been going on in the world of bathrooms. Well, fascinating. I'm, People are trying. I'm intrigued by the double U-band. Well, the shit just sort of left a little bit, came <laughs> back came a back. bit, and then like left again, <laughs> came back a bit. It didn't really work. But you can see... Hey, you can only try, yeah. can't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, if you really think about it, our uh, bathrooms I did. haven't really changed in uh, years. You know, there's plenty of room for innovation. I think so. One idea that I did hear about was, um, do you know the um, the swimming trunk spinners oh, yeah. in uh, yeah, yeah. in the swimming pool changing rooms? Yeah, life size <laughs> ones of those, so like <laughs> ones that a whole human could walk into. That's exactly the sort of thing you'd like to just be spun dry, <laughs> spun dry, yeah. yeah. Or your hair's like sticking out sideways. Have you ever seen at swimming baths? They do have like full body. Dryers. I remember seeing this at Alton Towers. Uh, they have like these big units that look look not unlike those uh, full, airport scanners. full body scanners <laughs> at the airport, but it's just like a minute and you just dry, which is pretty cool. Yeah. But I'd love to be spinned. <laughs> So, Chris, here is one of my possibly bad ideas. Okay. So, the point of the bathroom is just to get get those ideas that sit around in your head. Just little things that pop into your head and you're like, mm, that could be a thing. And then just get it out. Get it out as fast as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is one of those. So, I read an article on the internet... It was about the concept of swear nerds. And the article was mostly based around the swear word fuckbonnet. It was credited to David Simon, who wrote The Wire, via a tweet of his. This article went into a deep analysis as to why that is an excellent swear word and also Mm. looked at other people on Twitter inventing swear words. And the crux of this is that you can make a compound word using known swears, like fuck, for example. Right. There's going to be a lot of swearing in this segment. Right, right, right. And then attaching an almost a nonsense word to it. So fuck bonnet is a great example of this. Because bonnet doesn't really mean anything next to fuck. Um, It's not personal. 
It's got nothing to do with race or gender or any identity stuff. Hmm. But it's got the right rhythm that it sounds forceful. So basically, I thought if You're David Simon can do it, I can do it too. But right? this is a this is a big like Twitter trend, like sure. calling someone like an ass trumpet or a cockwomble. Exactly. So yeah. these things are all part of the same thing. So they called them swear nerds. I've never heard that term before. I think it was invented in this article. Right. <laughs> that I'm okay. Referring to. <laughs> See, I have um, read another article that I agreed with quite a lot, actually, that took an op- opposing stance about these <laughs> new swears. I've been like a sense of like creativity with language that just is like kind of redundant, and well, it, it it says more about the person saying it than about the person's they're saying it at. And the main critique was, you could imagine Marcus Brickstock saying cockwomble, but no cool comedian, or something like that. Well, But continue an anyway, Sam. <laughs> in an effort to prove, A, how uncool and false creative I am. <laughs> oh boy, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've written a list of these. Hey, some of these might be really good, though. Well, so basically, I went to the I went to Ofcom, which is the uh, regulator for broadcasters in the UK. Yeah, you can download the list of the words you can't say. Now that is interesting to me because <laughs> so, I imagine there's a f- couple of surprises. They're ranked into categories, and I just use the category called general swears, which doesn't include like racial stuff or you know gendered stuff, yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, Hard to be funny about that. I think not very funny at all. So the rankings are mild, medium, strong, and strongest. I guess if you just want for fun, we can go through the, some of the list. So mild, for example, a corner of the swearing world. Yeah, yeah, includes things like bloody, bugger, git, mm. and of course in context, crap. Yeah, crap's uh, gonna be one of them. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So medium, uh, we've got asshole, which <laughs> I think is quite strong actually. But there you go, uh, balls, bullshit. Now, is bullshit actually graded medium, but shit itself is strong? No, they're in the same category. Are they? Yeah. Because sometimes there are like very subtle differences between the different um, versions of those swears. Yeah, arse is mild, but arsehole is medium. Well, you're talking about the actual sphincter, (laughs) aren't you? (laughs) So, strong, bastard, bellend. Bastard? Yeah, minge. See what I could Prick. I could fully see a particularly bastard. Yeah, I think down I the, think it's quite down the other end. Bell end. That's just funny. Twat. Twat. <laughs> no, twat, twat is strong. Twat is strong. Twat yeah. is strong. Yeah. And then strongest. Only three in this category. I love it. Uh, which is cunt, fuck, and motherfucker. Motherfucker is the big one. People really hate that one. So I've taken some of these swears and I've done some swear nerdery. Okay. And uh, this is kind. Of, I'm sorry for like. <laughs> I just thought I'd bring up the other channel yeah, of yeah. thought okay, on about this how issue. Not creative, I am. Okay. So <laughs> here's some. Tell me if you like them or not. Mm. I'm just. I'm just workshopping. You know. Yeah. Okay. These are just some ideas. Okay. Okay. So the first one I've got. Ass market. Ass market. I quite like the sound of that. Feels nice. Bloody soil. Whoa. That sounds like a Shakespearean. I like. I that. know. Yeah. Well, it sounds like post-battle. Yeah. There's something. Soil very graphic about that it's like, uh, like someone who's destructive who's no longer in your life but you're like i hope that bloody soil don't come back yeah. do you know what i mean oh wow yeah that one's actually i did like that one but you've you've brought me around to it yeah yeah okay 
Bugger case. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> the next one is damn dinner. Damn dinner. Yeah. That could almost be like a exclamation of like good. Something. Damn like, dinner. Damn dinner. <laughs> but but like that. but be like a bit of a like but, a hot dog. Yeah, but like sort of not socially acceptable. Yeah. Do we have any of those? By the way, do you think? What do you mean? Like a a swear that is positive. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Damn dinner. <laughs> Damn dinner. That's good. <laughs> I like this. Is good. You're you're giving me a lot here. Okay, this is good. good. I'm, I'm glad I'm helping. Uh, get tinner, get tinner. <laughs> yeah, I quite like that. Uh, this one I do like. So like, god damn it, or using like god as a oh, thing. Oh yeah, yeah. So I thought you could call someone a godwinder. You godwinder. The way I think of this is you're so annoying. Even God is getting wound up by you. Oh, I like that. You're you've a gone, you've gone a little bit further there, and you're. Yeah. You've purposefully gone for something that makes sense. Cock lock it. Cock lock it. Just fun to say. Uh, dick beacon. <laughs> You're happy with yourself. Oh, well, Wait, are we still on miles here? Uh, I think we're into medium now. <laughs> you don't... Okay. I think that one's funny. <laughs> we're only halfway through, so... Knob wicket. Keep going. Prick sprocket. Are you getting very, like, agricultural with your words here? <laughs> Shit budgie. That could just be a budgie that's not very good. Yeah, you're a shit budgie. Feels offensive, though. Yeah. Like, budgies don't do anything. Budgies sit in cages all day, and you're not even doing that <laughs> very know, well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. Titana. A what? <laughs> Titana. <laughs> Titana? Yeah. I'm glad you like that one. <laughs> uh, it's just the very, like, mild word for being, like, a bit of a dick. And an arcane... <laughs> Arcane trade. Yeah. One that I almost did was Dick Smith. Dick Smith. What, you're some kind of Dick Smith? So we're into the strongest region here. Cunt Gannet. Oh. Uh, fuck Canna. Canna? What's a Canna? Uh, like someone who puts something in cans. It was more more to do with the rhythm of the word, uh, that okay, one. Okay, okay. That's along the lines of fuck Bonnet. And th- I made a compound one for the end. God wind a motherfucker. <laughs> Some godwinding motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's some kind of godwinding motherfucker. And finally, Punani Timpani. Come to the bathroom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so we're back with uh, me, Chris, and my dispatch. I'd like to ask you a question, Sam, before we listen to this dispatch. What would you say in sort of like a, a work environment or any kind of environment where you're in close proximity of people what are the chief crimes of like annoyance that those people commit for you i have had someone in the office whistle along to the music in their headphones Ooh, that's quite bad isn't it that that one was kind of annoying i mean there's general sort of um shared food area etiquette there's others in my office that are really funny about that sort of thing yeah, of i course. i feel like my threshold is so much lower than everybody else's that it never gets to the point where i'm like Ugh. so like microwaving fish i don't really care about that. you don't care about that yeah. but i'm sure i do stuff like this yeah it's like mindless stuff that you're doing that you don't even know you're doing it yeah probably. loud sneezers yeah they're the fucking worst we don't really have any of those we might have some loud sneezers <laughs> Oh, I'm a sniffler. That's, you are a sniffler. That's one. I've had that other people in my office turn around and go, do you want a tissue? And I'm like, oh, yeah. 
Have you got a cold? No. Yeah. It's fucking annoying. The annoying thing I want to talk about is people who have heavy feet. Okay, yeah. People who plod. Yep. And there's just no sense in it, and I don't understand why they do it. Do they want attention? <laughs> do they want attention? It feels like that to me. Right. It's like, just just be light on your feet. Like, I'm quite, I'm quite a heavy person. Yeah. Like, overall. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm incredibly light on my feet. You oh, right. You wouldn't know I was in the room. <laughs> like a little pixie. If I wasn't talking on mic right yeah. now. I, I try and keep it... Li- I think it's just uh, just polite yeah. general body language thing. I think, you know... I had a person in my life who was like this. They weren't particularly large, hmm. but they yeah, stomping about. That is precisely the thing. It, it, it's not defined at all by the size yeah. of the person or the weight of the person. It's something else. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. And so I thought I'd explore that issue in song. So this, for you, Sam is heavy-footed people. Heavy-footed people Plodding everywhere Bounding urgent steps Out on every sodden stair What makes them important And what souls do they wear Were you brought up in a vineyard or a steel boot factory? Cause the way you're going on, you'll need chiropathy. Can you for a second quell that grenade upon? A gentler touch is me. That you become a double amputee And you get no anaesthetic Under the rusty blade And at my first incision then Let's see how much noise is made rather violent at the end i can yeah. tell you're Gets very a gruesome. annoyed <laughs> so annoyed by this great it's like oh you want to be noisy i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna rip your legs off let's see how you feel about that i would describe it as pub rock yeah a little... i don't think you've done many of those no no it was a bit half man half biscuity and don't forget bathers you'll be able to get all of these dispatches separately on our soundcloud page and on our website um that's the like whole point of this why we make them available in the podcast but also you can have them separately they're like little presents communalbathroom.com so what's our next present oh it's a present actually to us isn't it it is because i didn't make it and you didn't make it i didn't make it who made it chris mario d'agostino oh your wife (laughs) (laughs) my band wife oh your bad mate yes i think he said he had an intro for it but i can't remember what it was (laughs) 
He said something about swimming. I remember he said that. Did it yeah, have something no, to do with the did, swimming pool? He said something. We had a very busy day yesterday and he mentioned it to me and I can't remember what it was. So should we just listen to it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. The file, <laughs> the, all the information we've got, the file is called Sauna Rumor. I met a guy at the sauna. He told me that his brother saw a woman sitting meditating at the bottom of Pond's Forge Olympic-sized pool. In the dip where the pool is deeper People were swimming above her She would occasionally surface to take a breath And then return to the bottom of the pool I wanted to believe him I don't think I believe him But whenever I go to swim there, I wonder if it would be possible. The other thing that he said, that I can't get out of my head, was that I'd have my mind blown by what insurance costs for a building with a diving board. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fab. Classic Mario. I remembered what he said. What was the intro? As soon as he started, I was like, I remember now. He's been listening a lot to a podcast called About the Mountain Goats. Is it called, like, Screw It, Let's Talk About the Mountain Goats or something? No, it's called um, I Only Listen to the Mountain Goats. Okay, right, yeah. And I've also listened to it, and it's really good. Uh, It's John Daniel and Joseph Fink, who is the creator of Welcome to Night Vale. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which is a popular podcast. And John Daniel is... The from the mountain goats? lead singer lead yeah. singer and songwriter of the mountain goats basically the mountain goats yeah is him and they just talk about like creative processes and and go track by track through mountain goats songs okay i think what mario meant to say as, as a way of introduction was that's got a very mountain goats kind of vibe that song that was his intention yeah and he's been listening a lot to the Mountain Goats. He's recently. been listening a lot to the Mountain Goats, and I know he's been going swimming a lot. So, <laughs> so I think that is that is the combined result of yeah. those things. So about meditating on the bottom of the pool. Oh, yeah. I remembered I had a office mate a few years ago. Uh, he was a Austrian guy called Felix, and he was into free diving. Mm-hmm. So swimming deep in lake. He lived in Vienna, and he would cycle out uh, into the countryside to a lake, swim out to the middle of the lake, swim mm. to the bottom of the lake, touch the bottom, swim to the top and go home. And he could hold his breath for like 10 minutes or something stupid. What? But he said he said he used to do that. He used to practice. He'd go to the swimming pool and just sit on the bottom of the pool for like minutes at a time. Usually he would talk to the lifeguards and then no, they knew him because he's doing this weird thing. <laughs> But there was one time when he was rescued from the bottom of the pool. <laughs> so he was there, sitting on the bottom of the pool, holding his breath. And he just said he felt this arm around him, just like pulled out the bottom of the pool. And he was fine. He didn't. Yeah, need he was rescuing. fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. So I 100% believe the person who said they saw someone doing that. So next, and in a happy sort of coincidence, or maybe Mario, in a weird way, planned this. Or maybe your minds have synced up so much. My your, your my, cycles are sinking up. My thank you, Sam. <laughs> my dispatch is also about meditation. Oh right. So, me and Mario uh, talk a lot about uh, the Headspace app, 
which okay. is like a guided meditation thing. I've seen a lot of adverts for it. <laughs> yes, you will do. I think it's very, very heavily promoted. And uh, we got into it, and I think we were both a little bit reluctant, but I think we both get a lot out of it. And they're basically just like short 10 to 15 minutes guided meditations that just talk you through some focusing and some breath stuff and like centering yourself and scanning your body and things like that. And I found them incredibly useful. So I thought I'd um, make my own guided meditation just to show you like, you know, the kind of thing that you can do. So if, if you would, Sam, Oh, okay. This is participation. You, if you could, for me, okay, listen to this meditation and bathers at home. If you want to take a, a minute now, if, I don't know if you're on the bus or whatever. Maybe you want to pause it, wait until you're at home until you've got a nice bit of space. I'm going to do a guided meditation for you. Together, we're going to just like take a little bit of time out and feel a lot better about ourselves, and maybe discover something inside of ourselves. Okay. Okay. So uh, this is my mind space. What position should we be in to start with? Is you, it, do we you, get into this? You'll be told. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this is my mind space meditation guide because the, the original one's called head space. Okay. So I've just changed it okay. to mind space. All right. So mind space meditation guide. Hello. And welcome to day one of your mind space meditation course. So the first thing I'd like you to do is to sit relaxed in your chair but with your back straight, arms or hands on your legs. Soft focus with your eyes, just taking in the space in front of you and take several deep breaths. In through the nose and out through the mouth. Just do that for 20 seconds or so. And with the next breath out, just gently close the eyes and allow your breath to go back to its natural rhythm. And just slowly become aware of the body and the space around you. Start off paying attention to the weight of your body pulling down towards the earth, the feet on the floor, the arms on the legs, and just centre yourself in that space. And just starting to notice any sounds nearby, Not trying hard to listen, just let them come to you. Now we're just going to check in with the body a bit more as we begin a short body scan 
noticing both the physical sensation and the emotions of the body. Starting from the very top of the head, I want you to scan very slowly, not judging, just noticing. Remember sensation and emotion. Just take 30 seconds or so, scan from the top of the head down, through the throat and the chest, before resting the attention on the belly. Now, as you rest your attention on the belly, just also reminding yourself of the breath, in through the nose, out through the mouth. And as you continue to follow the breath, just begin to visualise a warm glow coming from the belly. And now I want you to visualise the inside of the belly and travel inwards. Travel even further in and there's a person there inside your belly. Just dancing. Let's call them Jean Belly. Jean is no bigger than three inches tall and they're dancing inside your abdomen. Now I'd like you to pay close attention to Jean's dancing. Is it ballet? Is it tap? Just stay with that now. Jean's feet fluttering upon your stomach lining. Is it ballet? Or is it tap? So we're going to say goodbye to Jean, but just let them keep dancing in there as your attention comes away out of the belly and back into the space around you. Just beginning again to pay attention to any sounds and the weight of your body. And if you haven't already, just gently open your eyes and take a moment to appreciate taking that time out. And as you go through today, just remember, Jean is in there dancing for you. How do you feel then, Sam? Nicely refreshed. It's nice nice to take a little time out and... uh, Yeah, and... uh, Just... Pay attention to yourself in your body. It is, yeah. And did you um, did you find anything within yourself? Yeah, just I don't know a piece, but you've got to recognise some jitteriness inside. Absolutely. And w- so was uh, was Jean? Oh, it was tap. It was tap. Definitely okay. tap. That's good. That's good. 
Yeah, nice. So would you recommend the Headspace app? I'd recommend the Mindspace app. Oh, right, okay. Uh, it's free. Hello, I'm a robot. I don't like bathrooms because the water fries my circus. But I like to listen to dispatches from the communal bathroom at communalbathroom.com. So uh, I've got another song, and it's called Volcanology Matrimony. Uh, It's a little story. Uh, And uh, yeah, just play it, Sam. Isabella and Eduardo were volcanologists who met conducting field work at a crater's end. Their food was served on tectonic plates And their nephews and their grandmas danced on the Pompeii dance floor A smoke machine and orange lights as ash clouds were Instead of a chocolate fountain They had a chocolate volcano Isabella's Auntie Sophia Sustained serious burns From the flying molten chocolate and the couple were divorced in 18 months And they drifted apart There was any activity on the ambient volcanic belt They both attended as it was their passion but they both Really good. Oh, thank you. A classic song. Oh, that's nice. It just had a really nice sound to it. I don't think you've used that sort of sound much. I put a lot of delay on the drums. I'm a big fan of delay on it, the drums. Make it kind of like um, volatile in oh, its sound. Oh, I see. Yes. And so there was like little rumbles and things that were supposed to suggest a little bit like uh, volcanic activity. Yeah. But the main instrument that I used that I based most of it around was that little chord organ that ran all the way through. They're like. Yeah. 
which I got from Sean Morley. Oh. A uh, friend of the show uh, and friend. <laughs> uh, he he got it from someone and then he passed it on to me and he was like, just pass it on one day. <laughs> and so I've got this like, um, this nomadic organ yeah. that has made its way into this song. It was like a little poem that I had hanging around for ages and ages. I thought it was a bit like a Tim Key poem. I don't know if you've ever yeah, read yeah. any of his. Yeah. Um, sort of absurdist but every day sean morley was recently on a bill with tim key actually <laughs> okay so maybe future dispatch idea a tim key poem set to music okay with sean morley on piano and then maybe you could get tim key to do a sean morley poem yeah on my head where's the piano <laughs> <laughs> great glad you enjoyed well that'll be available at communalbathroom.com Boom. Yeah, so you can download that and listen to it in your own time. We should move on and we're actually coming to the very last dispatch of our episode, is that right? Yes, we're coming to the final dispatch, which is my dispatch. It isn't short, so uh, we've still got quite a bit of show to go. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think we're finishing right now. Well, I think everyone's been refreshed by the recent meditation that they've done, so yeah. they've probably got a lot more legs in them yet. So uh, tell me, Sam, what is it about? So I'm thinking of, we used to do kind of a quiz at the end of the yeah. thing. We're not doing that anymore. <laughs> but you might uh, veto this idea for things to do at the end. But this is a segment I like to call uh, the self-improvement portion of the podcast. Okay, okay. I might make a jingle for next time. Maybe that's some way I can improve this section. Chris, about a month ago, I sent you some homework. You did. Uh, the homework was to listen to a podcast, mm. um, which was the first episode from this year of the podcast Cortex. That's right. Episode about their yearly themes. In the Cortex podcast, which is a podcast I'm a fan of, Chris, I've come to understand you're not a fan of this podcast. I'm not a big fan of talking about um, processes of things <laughs> when you could just be doing the things. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Man with weird transatlantic accent. So it's Mike Hurley, who is the co-founder of Relay FM, which is a podcast network, and CGB Gray, who is a yeah, he does YouTube videos, okay, and uh, is also on other podcasts as well, like Hello mm. Internet, that I'm also a fan of. Every year for the past couple of years, instead of doing New Year's resolutions, they instead set themselves yearly themes so a theme for the year going forwards instead mm. of saying oh i'm gonna lose some weight or mm. i'm going to i don't know climb a mountain i don't know what they uh, insta- learn how to play the piano yeah which is the thing i thought about yeah but instead of setting resolutions so the way they explain it is when you are making a decision of what to do or should i do this or should i do that or you don't know what you're going to do what should i do next you think okay what is my yearly theme and then how does this fit into that and use it as like a sort of guidance mm. for you. Almost an oblique strategy for the year. Sure. But the idea is to narrow it down to so just a single word. Year of X. So one of theirs was the year of order. Everything was too disordered. So the year of order, bringing order to their things. So I wanted to ask you, Chris. Yeah. Did you think of a theme from this episode for your year? Uh, I listened to the episode. I didn't think of a theme. No, okay. I'm sorry. That's okay. I just wanted you to listen to it so you have some context into what I'm talking about. I have some context, certainly. I felt that the 
theming had some kind of value, but it was so nebulous and described abstractly to their own lives, which I had no context for. Oh, I see. I've come up with a yearly theme. That's good. And this isn't funny. (laughs) (laughs) The year of being sad. Uh, No. No, I mean, it's. The year of no laughter. Imagine, could you do that? I think that'd be harder than the year of no crying. The year of repression. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, maybe. But this uh, is a guiding light for a lot of stuff that's going to happen in the bathroom and things that I'm going to do in the bathroom this year. So, my yearly theme for this year is the year of completing. Hmm. So I have a tremendous problem of finishing things. Yeah, I'm a famous procrastinator. This has come up Mm -hmm. before. I have a habit of... Oh, I even did it today. I've had a draft email in my emails all week, and I literally just needed to attach a file and send it off. Oh, what? Get on with it. That would drive me crazy. Yeah, I often get to 90% done. And yes, the last 10% takes most of the time, but I find it so hard to finish that last... You're grimacing, Chris. You hate this. I just don't believe... I don't believe that's true. What do you mean? The last 10% is the hardest. I find the last 10% the hardest. But 90% could be 100% if you chose it to be. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this is part of it. This is part of my theme. Okay. Now we're getting into it. All right. There's kind of several parts to this. So obviously one part is for me to complete unfinished things Hmm. so i have a ton of unfinished projects ideas dispatches i want to finish those i want to try not to take on more stuff before finishing older stuff that's a good caveat and also clearly defining when something is complete so it's not just like sitting there incomplete like what you said maybe 90 percent is 100 percent. so it's been a month we're in february now and i can tell you how i've done to go to not taking on new projects before finishing old projects. Yep. Failing Failed. badly at that oh, one. Okay, yeah, I've taken on various new ideas, hobbies. And to go to the third point of that, I've declared some things complete. Oh, great. No further work necessary. And I'm not going to put any more effort or mind power into any of these things. So I'm just going to go through a list of them now. So first of all, I've given up on TV. I'm not interested in TV shows anymore. Okay. Uh, I completely misread what you, what kind of thing you meant. I thought you meant stuff you had made your, you were making yourself. Uh, no, it's every aspect so of my life. You're talking about okay. I will never watch The Sopranos. So you finished TV. I will never watch Breaking Bad. You've watched all the TV you'd ever want. Yeah, I think I've, I'm done with it. That's a big thing to say. I know, but and I, I just fully respect it as well. Like you get it. I get what the deal is <laughs> with television. Yeah, people go on there. And they pretend to say there things is, there is, as characters that they're not. I'm not done with movies. I'm still watching movies. Movies are great. And also, don't think me holier than thou as like, oh, I don't watch TV. Because I watch a shitload of YouTube. Even watching TV at Christmas, I was like, eh, can't be bothered with this anymore. So you can recommend TV all you like, but I probably won't watch it. And wow. that's fine. Uh, so the other one in the media list is Twitter. I'm over it. Done with it. Cancelled. Deleted it off my phone. Uh, I didn't enjoy it while I was there. Never really got it. I've never uh, really got it. Yeah, but... I think you have to be so in deep into it. Yeah, and be prepared for like quite a lot of emotionally shitty stuff for it to have any kind of value for you. 
I have to have Facebook because it just we have to because of culture. I don't know why. I use Instagram a lot. So I'm not, again, I'm not holier than thou. Like, I just like Instagram. You found the ones that yeah. have the least value for you and and cut them out. <laughs> I'm just going to read out what I wrote down in my notes here. Go on. I, I wrote this like a month ago. So Twitter. I have never got Twitter. It has always seemed sad and depressing and unfunny and basically a big circle jerk. In my life, it is not at all relevant, and I think people on Twitter think it is more relevant than it actually is. It just swallows your attention and gives nothing back in return. Plus, it is basically run by fascists. (laughs) 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 Some more things I'm completing. Uh, So this goes under the heading of skills. Big one for me, Kendama. I got very good at Kendama. And then I stopped playing it regularly and I can't keep up with all the new stuff, the new fancy tricks. And I used to go to competitions and I'd come, I'd place and I'd do all right. I still love Kendama. Mm. It's fun, but I don't want to be like a top dog in it. I don't want to be competitive. I just want to play it for fun. So I'm putting that behind me. That's good. good. Yeah, that is good. Guitar. I learned some basic chords on guitar, but I will never be very good at guitar. And I hang out with people like you who are very good at guitar. And I'm like, I, I'm never going to be that good. And there's no point trying. <laughs> I would rather put all that effort into something else. Yeah. I've sort of declared myself not a guitarist. I still love the bass and I want to get better at bass. Mm. And I would rather put any effort to learn six string regular guitar into being better at bass guitar. Yeah. feels if I'm, I'm already lightening. I'm feeling like... I like it. I do like it, actually. It's a good one to think about it because then it, it makes you think about well, what do I want to do or yeah, like exactly. what do I and the final th- category I have is just things that I'm just accepting that I'll probably never do. Interesting. I'm into this. First one is become fluent in a foreign language. Yeah, I think I've made my peace with that. I'm happy to learn bits of languages when I need to. So if you're going on holiday, I'll learn a few phrases maybe, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to be like a fluent person. Happen. No. It's just not going to happen, really. And that's fine. The other thing is write a novel. I'm not going to write a novel. Did you ever think about it? The thing is, I do like writing stuff. But my style of writing is always very concise. And I've never written fiction, really. I don't really... No, I wouldn't say so, no. Writing a novel, just... It doesn't fit into my style in any capacity. <gasps> I would say I've never really written fiction. Is a pretty... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pretty good baseline for not having the ambition to write a novel. No. no. <laughs> so I'm not putting any thought into that. That's so ridiculous. <laughs> I could say that about so many things then. I know, I know, but <laughs> this is my list, not yours, all right? Okay, next one is uh, programming. And so I work in kind of in IT. A lot yeah, of people are programmers. Okay. I've dabbled in it and I know how to do what I need to do. But um, I'm never going to be that good at it. I'm just going to scrap that one. It's interesting. These are like a mix of like things people think they should do. Yeah. And generational things that we've made our peace with being too far behind. Yeah. They're very different though. It's like programming is a practical skill. Yeah. A novel is like one of those big airy fairy dreams like around the world trip or something like that. I just think think they're an interesting selection. Keep going. (laughs) Please go. The other one is team sports. I can't get on board with team sports in any capacity. So you've made peace with a lot of things that were already yeah, but I'm, dead in the I'm ditch. officially drawing the line under it. I tell you what, though, 
and maybe this is the point of the themes the moment that you draw a line in, in the sand is the moment that your heart pangs and goes Maybe I want to support this uh, second no. second tier American <laughs> football team. No, I, I, my heart feels lighter that I never have to consider supporting that second tier because that's that would be a thing in the back of my mind. Oh, wouldn't it be a fun project to like just support this little local team yeah, for like whatever? That. What about baseball? That's got loads of stats and stuff. You'd yeah. love that. Nah, can't be bothered. Okay. The final thing is collecting all 151 original Pokemon, and I mean, it's been in the back <laughs> of my mind for pff, what twenty years. That you'd finish it. That I might finish Pokemon. How many did you get? Probably over a hundred. I did pretty good, but I don't think I'm ever going to do it. You know, so you're not going to catch them all. I'm, I don't think I'm ever going to catch them all. So anyway, that's all the things that I'm you never going to catch do. them all. <laughs> that's the thing. They were like, <laughs> "You've got to catch them all," and I'm like, "Yes, I've got to catch them all." It's but now not... you're thirty, now and you're I'm like, 30, I'm like, "Look, no, come on, I'm a fucking <laughs> adult now. I'm not, I don't have to do what you say." Just because it's in a song doesn't mean I have to do it. It's a catchy song, though, isn't it? Gotta catch them all, gotta catch them all. Right, so... There's still a dispatch to come here yeah. after all of this. So what is it? So, we've established things I'm done with. They were the things I've completed without actually doing anything. I'm just going to have a quick list of things that I've completed since having this theme. Okay. The first one was Super Mario Odyssey for the Nintendo Switch. I got the flu... And I completed that. That was a good time. Fab. Another one was a book. So I finished Under the Skin by Michael Farber, which was a good weird book. And I also finished an audio book that was called The Christmas Hirelings. It was one of those Victorian melodrama kind of books. It was all right. The way this works with books is, I, you know, you half read a bunch of books. Yeah, and uh, I'm actually going to try and finish books I'm halfway through before moving on. I pick up stuff and read like 60 pages and I go, nah, not having it. And it's dawned on me that this system you've got, completing, themed completing, is the ideal way of both quitting things <laughs> and doing things. Exactly. You are <laughs> you're really conning this whole theming <laughs> thing. And the final thing is that I have various unfinished dispatches and mm. ideas. But this one is a biggie for us, Chris, right? So I don't know if you've noticed our episodes have been numbered. One, two, three, four, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And there's a gap between episode 24 and episode 26. Now, only the most nerdy people would notice this, but I know in my heart that episode 25 has only ever existed on my laptop. So... Oh, if it, it's what I'm thinking it is. <laughs> what we're going to have now is a podcast within a podcast. Wow. Chris, I sat down over the course of this week and finally edited episode 25 of Dispatches from the Communal Bathroom. I edited this in the past, but it was deemed too boring to release. <laughs> so I sat down and thought, right, I'm going to finish this. Yeah, this I'm going to release this as it, as its own episode on the website on communalbathroom.com oh, nice. and all that it's gonna look like it fit in in all time i'm actually quite excited for this. um but we're just gonna i'm gonna put it in now and this is how we're gonna finish this episode of the podcast by listening to an episode of this podcast <laughs> yeah that seems appropriate yeah if you've listened this long you you, you want to listen to it anyway sit back Relax, enjoy this podcast with it a podcast. This is episode 25 of Dispatches from the Communal Bathroom. 
Sam here with a quick editor's note for this episode of Dispatches from the Communal Bathroom. This episode was initially recorded in November 2016. Now I am editing it in February 2019. The first edit was deemed too boring to release. Um, So it has just sat on my hard drive ever since. But it's 2019 and I'm going to complete this episode. So enjoy it. It It's called The Hills of Sheffield. Hello and welcome to Dispatches from the Communal Bathroom. I'm Chris Delamere. I'm Sam Bradley. And normally on this show, we bring some audio dispatches from the outside world and the insides of our brains. But today on the show, we're going to be doing a themed episode about our hometown of Sheffield. So if you're an outsider, what do you think you might be aware of in terms of the image of Sheffield? Steel City. Steel. Yeah, Sheffield Steel on your knives. Hills. Hills? Hilly place. So there's hills, we've got some really steep hills here. Really steep hills. Uh, I mean beer, it's known sort of actually nearly internationally now for the Kellam Island area. Uh, What else? There's a lot of students. There's a lot of students. So there's two universities. Music. Music, there's music. Folk music, there's a good There's a lot of folk music. Artwork about (laughs) Henderson's relish. (laughs) A local condiment that tastes a bit like Worcester sauce. It basically is Worcester sauce. It's like Worcester sauce. It's still pretty good, though. It's okay. Yeah. It's fine. It's steel heritage. It's uh, Wednesday and United football fans. It's university students. It's beer. It's beer. Um, And we're just going to see... What is the state of Sheffield today? Yeah. But we scrapped that grandiose idea of an exploration into all the little aspects of our hometown and instead just focused on one thing. Which is the steepest hill in Sheffield? We started just down the road at Blake Street. So here we are at one of the contenders for steepest hill in Sheffield. It's uh, Blake Street. Blake Street in Walkley. So we're going to start walking up it and see how we feel. Yeah. Um, now my dad always told me that this was the steepest. My dad also always told me that this is the steepest hill. I was like, oh, steepest hill. This is our local. This our is our local, local steepest hill. Yeah. Yeah. Now it does have a rail uh, that runs the entire length of one side of Blake Street. Not many streets that have a handrail. <laughs> now, that is steepest. <laughs> we're getting into it now. <laughs> Calves are really tightening. Breath is getting a little bit quicker. What, we, what I always love about Blake Street is it feels like it must be the steepest because it, it has a pub at the very top. Yeah. The very brow of the hill is the Blake Hotel. And you need it. You need yeah. it to get up the, the hill. Now, I don't know about you, Sam. Yes, my breathing is getting a little laboured. Sure, I'm getting a bit, a bit wet on my brow. <laughs> But this doesn't feel that steep. No, but you get a good view. Quite steep, very good view of the city. I feel like we've climbed the entire height of those flats, though. That's true. It looks like we're sort of roof level with those now. Blake it, Street. It's steep. It is steep, definitely. It's steep. But is it the steepest? The quest continued to Hag Hill. We are here. Yes, uh, Hag Hill. This is Hag Hill. Uh, which is in the Rivlin Valley. 
a few things about it. It's very picturesque. It's very countryside-y. Yeah. Flanked by allotments on both sides. But this is a famous, famous steep road because, especially in the winter, you cannot drive up here. Yeah. Also, you might hear there is a lot of traffic. It's a major thoroughfare. Should we get going? Yeah. Ooh. Now, yeah, it's definitely steepest at the very, very bottom. It's quite steep. I'm not getting that. I'm not getting that pang in my car that might normally experience with with your Blake streets uh, of this world. But another thing I would say about Hag Hill: much, much longer. Much longer. Like the top of it looks very, very far away right now. It's. I. I I feel more than Blake Street because Blake Street is is decorated with houses and railings and pavements. You've got some distraction. There's stuff going on. This is purely. A hill. This is something you have to overcome. Yeah. I think Hag Hill has, it seems to have a story. It's very steep at the bottom. Got a nice level middle. Oh, it's very steep at the top. (laughs) This is pretty bad, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, (laughs) this is steep. This this bit's really steep. Coming towards the top How are your calves? My calves are okay, but this feels like a walk in the mountains, you know. Yeah. Okay, well, we're... (sighs) Reach the top of Hag Hill. That's a contender, isn't it? Just strong contender. So, Hag Hill. Hag Hill. Definitely steep. Definitely a contender. After our two local hills, we ventured further afield to a hill that featured in the 2014 Tour de France, Jenkin Road. So, we are now at Jenkin Road. Now, this is an alien hill to us. I have never been to this... Well, I've kind of been to this part of town just to go to Meadow Hall before, but not on this road in particular. Now, what you get with this hill is a wonderful vista of the old industrial areas and now hypermarket mall areas of uh, Sheffield. So it overlooks Meadow Hall and... Uh, Many derelict factories. Yeah. I mean, this is ridiculous. But... This is the kind of steep that... You'd just sort of give up leaving the house, wouldn't you? <laughs> like, ah, fuck it. But it's only short. Oh, wow. Now, this bit is very steep. This is the bit I would say is the... Definitely the steepest. The steepest but it's bit. very short. Wow. Yeah. And it's because you're on a turn as well. Yeah. It feels more. But, having just got past this bit, so the handrail is here. That's the very end of the handrail. Uh, and it's kind of fine now. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> oh yeah, we just saw a car go up as well and it really slowed down on that corner. Chris, opinions on Jenkins Road? I like it. I, I liked th- it. I think we should keep it. Great road. To, Christened to have... by the tyres of the greatest cyclists that the world has to offer at the moment. It's Cote de Jenkin. If you were coming to Sheffield and wanted to experience a good Sheffield hill, I would strongly recommend it. But is it the steepest hill in Sheffield? I would say definitely not. But this was nice. I, I really enjoyed this experience. I'm yeah. glad we saw it. Okay. Jenkin Road didn't make the grade, but what about South Sheffield and Myrtle Road? So here we are at Myrtle Road, which is one of the four contenders for steepest hill in five. Sheffield. Five. There's a five? There's a fifth one just around the corner from here. Uh, I've never walked up this road before. And we, interestingly, we've parked to the bottom and are now walking up it for the first time. So... At the moment, Chris. Yeah. I'm not impressed. No, this isn't a steep steep hill at all. Ooh. Catfight. It's uphill, but it's not impressive. No. Again, 
we can't stress enough that by Sheffield standards, yeah, this isn't really a hill. This is this is a lovely experience in a way because it's very gently getting, getting steeper, a little bit steeper, a little bit steeper. Yeah. I tell you what, have a look at that. Turn around. I mean, the view is getting really good. Spectacular. Spectacular. Oh, beautiful. All right, let's just but get let's keep going. Yeah. It's a climb, isn't it? It's much more than any of the other ones. A climb. Yeah, it was a very long way up here. Uh, I'm a little bit out of breath. Was it steep? Yes. Yes. Was it a steep Sheffield road? Yeah. Was it the steepest? No. No. But look at that city vista. The view is uh, excellent. So, yeah, thank you, Myrtle Road, for having us. Thank you. Despite the view and the cats, Myrtle Road was not good enough, so it was down to the last hill on our list, Kent Road. Okay, uh, so we've come to Kent Road. The final destination. It's not, uh, it's not old or new. So we're not sure if we're in Healy or Mearsbrook anymore. Excuse me, what area would you describe this as? Uh, this is Mearsbrook. Okay, well we're looking at the steepest roads in Sheffield and this uh, was mentioned, uh, Kent Road. Yeah. Oh my god, it's fucking the worst road. Would you say it's the worst though? Uh, the steepest. Do you know like Blake Street? I know yeah, Blake, Blake, yeah, Blake Street. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> uh, do you know Spring Hill Road? Oh yeah, I do. Yeah, like in Broomhill, like Broomhill um, yeah, like uh, yeah, off Crooksmoor Road. Yeah, that's I do know that very well. That's, that's kind of a bastard as well. I'd say. <laughs> wow. So uh, decidedly, <laughs> it is Mearsbrook. I love that shout of Spring Hill Road. I've walked up there many, many a time. Oh, now this one, Kent Road, is getting a nice little steep. This is this is in for a shout. This one. Yeah, look at those houses there. Like almost a floor on one side and two floors yes. on the other. I think that's always a good sign. This is ranking up there. I oh, tell you what, Sam. And we've steep. got we've got the big signifier of Sheffield steep hills. It's the uh, pavement handrail. <laughs> this is so steep. We've reached the top. Oh, it goes steep down the other side on the opposite side of the hill. So this is the top of the hill. Look, just look at the way it drops off. Boom! You are falling off the edge of the world. <laughs> yeah. There's just something about this one that's magical. It is very steep just here, isn't it? Look at this bit here. You feel, like you're, yeah, you feel like you're going to go over the front of your own head. Sam, join me. Join me we could agree street. that Kent Road was steep. Steeper than Blake Street. But was it steeper than Hag Hill? We just couldn't decide. So we had to take Daniel's car and drive up it. Okay, we've, we're a split opinion. We're at the bottom of Kent Road in Daniel's car. We're going to drive up it and see if we can decide, is this steeper than Hag Hill? Unanimously. I think we've all decided Blake Street's number three. Yeah. It's between Hag Hill and Kent Road. Let's do it. Okay, let's go. Are we ready? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, God. We're going. Second gear. Back down to first. Oof. Oh, it's got a strong lurch on it, hasn't it? Right, we're in second gear again now. Second gear is really struggling. <laughs> Back down to first. <laughs> right, up to second. Oh, and we're just 
coming up to the brow of the hill now. Max. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, this bit's not actually as hard. No. Okay. Wow. Well, we've reached the top. Um, we had to stop. Daniel, you your opinion? This versus Hag Hill? Um. It's still Hag Hill. Chris? Um, I, I'm going to stick with Kent Road. Underdog. I'm, I'm liking the underdog. I'm going to say it's a close race, but I'm also going to go with Daniel on this, so Hag Hill. Hag Hill? I think, I think two to one vote, Hag Hill, but very close second, no doubt about it. Kent Road, underdog story, very impressed. Um, the steepest road in Sheffield is Hag Hill. Number two is Kent Road in Mearsbrook. Number three is Blake Street in Walkley. Number four, uh, possibly there might be other contenders after that. Uh, but Jenkin Road, um, definitely very impressive, strong recommendation. Myrtle Road as well. Great Road. Not the steepest. Not the steepest. Okay. We've had a wonderful day. And thank you, the streets of Sheffield. Thank you. That was really great. I really enjoyed that. I could listen to that like it was uh, somebody else's podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's been so long you've completely forgotten like everything you said. I can't remember any of that. I know we had a great day out. Though uh, right, at the, right at the very end of that uh, podcast there, you said, we've reached the top. <laughs> and in my head, I said the same thing. And I had to stop. <laughs> like from the Jungle Book or whatever. Yeah. Ah, oh, that was great. I really enjoyed that. I hope you so that enjoyed was, that as well, Bayless. Yeah, that was the fir- one of the first things I've completed in the year of completing. Congratulations. Thank you very much. You're actually making it work for you. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I'm pretty pleased with it. I think that's our episode. We've completed... Completed this episode. An episode. Yeah. Well, thank you, Bathers, for joining us in the bathroom again today. Hopefully, we'll be doing many more of these in the future over the course of the year. Yeah, it'd be good. The best place to find all of our stuff... This is another thing I've completed, Chris. What? I've done a lot of work on the website. Oh, at yeah, CommunalBathroom.com. Yeah, yeah. I've uploaded loads of the old dispatches. Everything's tagged appropriately as uh, songs, comedy, or borderline unlistable sound art. And uh, you can listen to those. You can download old episodes. You can find pictures. Anything to do with us in the bathroom is at CommunalBathroom.com. Nice. I think our main social would be Instagram, at CommunalBath. Yeah. I'm not on Twitter anymore. Don't matter. Uh, I've been chucking a few things out there every now and again, but not much. I'm personally at SR Bradley on Instagram, if you want to find me. I'm at Spine Trolley. And uh, Chris and our contributor from today, Mario, they have a band called Soup Review. Yeah. They have an album out now. Yeah, it's on Spotify. It's on Bandcamp. Our Bandcamp page is superview.bandcamp.com. Uh, follow us on Facebook and all those kind of things. Uh, listen to our album. Uh, buy our album. That would, gigs? that would be fab yeah we've got a few gigs coming up so um on the 16th of february we're going to be playing at uh, sheffield does the 69 love songs oh yeah so that's a, a recreation uh, of every single song from the magnetic fields album 69 love songs uh then we got a gig on the 24th of february that's a sunday at shakespeare's uh that's in sheffield and uh, then we're playing at Flim Night at Regather in Sheffield on March the 15th. 
Uh, I'm sure we'll get some other things in between then, but uh, that, they're what we've got so far. Cool. So come down to any of those. Nice. Uh, is that it? I think that's it. Okay, I think we're done. So uh, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for coming back into the bathroom with me, Chris. Thanks for um, having me on the first dry land wet bath. Yeah. So we'll see you next time, bathers. And don't forget to wash behind your ears. Bye, Bye bathers. bathers.